Hello friends, Steve Cross here. Welcome once again to the Podden Prometheus. Today we're putting together a special episode of... No, it's not weird. I can have as many of them as I want. It's not weird at all. And I'm joined by two incredible collectors, uh, Lucy Eckersley and Becky Cooper, to look at the world of filling your house with skulls. So enjoy! No, it's not weird at all. Actually, it's completely normal and fine. And listen, you'll get it in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a few of my favourite things, a special podcast where I talk to two collectors who share an interest to find out what they've got, where they've got it, why they love it, and have they ever let any of it go. I'm joined today by two animal experts. Uh, We will go in order of recency of birthday. So, hello, Becky. Uh, Who are you and um, what what are your animal collecting um credentials that's the word i was looking oh, for who am i that's a difficult question i'm just a weirdo animal lover i guess um i go out walking a lot in the countryside and i just tend to pick up all the dead stuff that i find <laughs> incredible like like litter picking for god yeah like litter picking for bones yeah <laughs> amazing fantastic and uh lucy who are you I'm Lucy. I am um, from my uh, business cards. My title is Live and Dead Animal Wrangler, but um, I'm also the science presenter person for the Royal Veterinary College. So I've got fantastic access to dead things, um, and I've brought a lot of it home with me. My own collection. I'm not just nicking Amazing. stuff. And we will be talking about how that's cheating. Just bring <laughs> stuff home from work. So when did you both start? Um, filling your homes with skulls you might have noticed steve that i um probably was a bit of a weird teenager um and there was a time in my life when i had a bun uh, that i used to wear in my hair and i thought it was particularly cool when i was about 14 to wear a chicken bone through it um a little bit a la that guy from the simpsons <laughs> Um, I thought that was really, really cool. I have also since had earrings that are made out of uh, taxidermied crow's feet that I've done myself. So, you know, it's been a thing throughout. I was actually a vegetarian at the time of wearing the chicken bone through my hair. So, um, But I started quite young, uh, but it probably wouldn't have been something that I could have had in my parents' house. They still think it's a bit peculiar when I'm, like, stuffing something into a bag when we're on a hike. So, uh, quite... quite <laughs> quite young but it's been uh, it's been able to thrive while I've been living on my own in London so just quickly now that you uh, understand anatomy which bone of the chicken was it that you used to shove through your hair I'm pretty sure it was the it was the femur I'm pretty sure it was the femur it's a big bone big long bone so you just have a a KFC yeah run it under the tap stick it through your hair exactly (laughs) okay Becky when did you get sucked into uh filling your house with skulls uh much more recently than you lucy um i used to uh, so i've moved to the countryside a couple of years ago so i walk a lot more now sort of out in the fields and stuff um and i've got a friend who collects bones and skulls and all sorts of things like that and i used to pick things up for her if i found them and after sort of the first two or three i thought actually no i quite want this myself i think it's quite cool (laughs) so i stopped picking them up for her um and started taking them home but 
but since yeah since I moved more out into the country and I walk more it's especially over lockdown it's just sort of grown because I found so much more because I'm going out more and there's fewer yeah. people around to nick the stuff that you want because <laughs> there are there is competition around near yeah. me I found yeah yeah but, there are other other skull collectors definitely <laughs> Yeah. But can't you leave a little thing with one of the skulls saying hello uh, or with one of the dead animals? Just leave a little flag that says, I'm Becky, I'm local. I'm also a goth. Do you want to hang out? <laughs> yeah. No, there have been. We found, uh, me and my friend have found before dead animals sort of in various states of decomposition and we've hidden them a little bit. I mean, I always like to move them anyway if they're on a road or a footpath. But when I've gone back, the skull has always gone. So there's somebody else around here that's been picking them up as well you're sure it's not your friend when you hide them together they go back and they i mean it could be it could be that would be very sneaky what sort of stuff have you got if someone walked into your house and they just saw these endless empty sockets staring at them um what what would the endless empty sockets be of mostly i mean i would say to lucy earlier i've only actually got one bird it's mostly mammals um i've got a lot of sheep I've got quite a few deer. Um, badgers are my favourites to get. So I've got about eight badgers. Uh, foxes, I find more than anything else. Um, I've got a hedgehog. Ooh, what does a hedgehog look like? Like a sort of really small fox. Wow. I would show you, but it's currently in the garden soaking. So It's an, it's an audio medium. Like, we couldn't deny it to the listeners. Like also, that. I thought you could be like, it's currently in the garden inside an alive hedgehog. <laughs> Is that a thing? Do you catch live well, live animals and then just keep them well? Until I mean, you're gonna, I mean, do you buffalo bill are. animals? That's do you what, put them? That's a pet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a dog. That was one that I found. Um, I don't do know, know what. Do you know what seen... kind of dog it was before it was? Yes, we th- we think it's a terrier. Right. Um, so it was found at a badger set. So I'm guessing probably one that had been used for badger baiting and oh. had been left there. That's the only reason I can think that it would have been there. Mm. I don't imagine it was sort of a lost lost dog but yeah it didn't have a nice badger tooth shaped hole in its head did it by any chance because no, no, it doesn't it doesn't have any sort of mark <laughs> on it at all but a little menace i love terriers but yeah menaces just died of shame from being yeah. used in uh, badger baiting probably <laughs> um amazing so you've got like this lovely vignette of the english countryside <laughs> in strips and bleached form are they are they bleached are they what do you do so like let take me through the process we're going to find out about lucy's collection in a minute take me through the process you're on a walk there's a um I'm trying to think no uh there's a, a sheep <laughs> Bump. um no a sheep that's complicated because someone owns it let's say there's a fox Bump. i only ever take the bones when they're sort of clean ish Um, I have never sort of picked things up when they've still got skin on or I've never sort of cut off any part of the animal to take it home and and clean it up. It's only when I just find the bones. I don't know why it feels different to Mm. sort of take an animal that hasn't decomposed yet. Um, I think it feels like cheating because you're talking about how competitive is. Once you start saying I'll take it with a bit on and then I'll take it with a bit more on 
and then I'll take it mm. with a bit more on. You eventually get to, I'll chop the head off a live one. <laughs> you got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> so yeah, I always, always take a bag with me if I'm going walking just in case. Um, and yeah, just basically, I just bring it home. I sort of soak it in just soapy water just to clean it up. I've got toothbrushes and everything to to clean wow. all, the, all the dirt off. And then... And do you buy special toothbrushes or are they your old toothbrushes that aren't allowed in your mouth anymore? <laughs> no, but it's the same toothbrush that I use to brush my teeth in the evening. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I just buy. Like... I don't know about goth lifestyles. That might be a thing. It might give you more of Satan's power to do that or something. I don't know. Bones, teeth, same thing. Lucy, are, are, you just, are you just a bone picker-upper? Or do you like them a bit more fleshy? So, well, mm-hmm. like them with a bit of meat on. <laughs> so most of the time, my stuff is boned. It's you know, it's dried out because also then you have to do less to it. That I found that because it's just there, you can clean it a bit, you can get all stuff off. But if it's got some meat hanging around, you've got to fully prepare it because otherwise it's just going to go rotten and that's gross. Um, but I have prepared fully a number of different schools mostly cats and foxes um and (laughs) i did so i was on a trip to collect some whale carcass with a friend of mine um who works for the edinburgh museum he's not just like a absolute maniac um and we were in a van a rental van that we used to collect a rotten whale didn't get the deposit back on that it was (laughs) disgusting (laughs) it was properly rank by the end um oh god it was awful the 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 whale was all maggoty but on the way we were up in sky and we passed a stag that had been hit by a car it was clearly clearly roadkill and we both were like sir some good looking antlers on that stag and he wanted to collect it for the museum because he collects specimens of all animals that have just died randomly, specifically whales and porpoises and all that kind of stuff, so that they've got that collection. So if a scientist wants to go, hmm, I want to test the spaces between the eyes on all deer that have ever died in Scotland. So he has that whole collection. So he's like, I just need to get that. And so thankfully, like it was clear that we had all of the kit, but we were just there then getting the head off of a massive stag at the side of the road in Scotland where loads of holiday makers are. <laughs> we were like, hi, yeah, mm. <laughs> hello. Did anyone ask questions? No, God, no, you don't stop and ask questions. Someone doing that, Steve. <laughs> You're like, drive on, drive on, oh my God. I like everyone going, why are they cutting the head off? There's no venison on that. <laughs> if you're going to poach, yeah. at least take the good bits. Yeah, that was that was a particularly interesting one. There was also a time when I'd gotten really into it and um, I was in Pembrokeshire with my mum in a car uh, listening to Beyonce driving very, very fast. I was like, oh, there's a fox on the side of the road. And she went, no, no, we are... We are not stopping so you can stuff a dead fox into a plastic bag at the side of the road. It's not happening. And I was like, but his head's intact and I want it. Um, But no, she refused. So most of my stuff is uh, roadkill that has been moderately decomposed slash desiccated, depending on where it is, or stuff that's already boned um, because it's easier. Lucy, why would you need a fox? You live in London. There's a dead fox within 100 metres of you right now. I constantly look for these. I've got a fox. I take photos of him. He's lovely, Mr. Foxington. He's not dead, though. No, he's not dead yet. 
Um, he's looking a bit ill, though, so I'll just keep an eye on him. Here's the best way to find dead foxes, which is go out for a walk with two two-year-olds. Curious. Because one of the things the world does is just dump dead foxes all around you that you have to try and stop them seeing and going over and looking at and going, what's wrong with it? Because you don't want to explain death to two-year-olds. They've seen foxes and they love foxes. But my God, we come across a lot of dead foxes when we go walking. I mean, where? And can I come with? <laughs> come up next time we're going for a walk. They'll turn up, I promise. They're, they're just, as soon as there's a nice wide open space where two kids can just look around, just they'll be everywhere, just littered with dead foxes. Excellent. Um, kind of I feels do... like your toddlers are killing foxes. No, <laughs> I carry lollipops just so I can be like... Look over here on the right-hand side, lollipops. So that at no point do they go, uh, Daddy, why is that fox lying down and has a big hole in its head? Hello, friends. Steve here in a little break. Um, some of you who've only listened to me in podcast land might not know that my actual real job is that I'm a live comedian and I do live nerdy comedy shows featuring nerds. And they're back! The first one is September the 15th. We're in the basement, um, so there's no lift, so be aware of that, of the Harrison in King's Cross. And there will be seven wonderful sciencey nerds and me. I'm hosting it. I'm always hosting it. And you can come and see us. Tickets are available from scienceshowoff.org. There'll be a gig every month, but the first one is the 15th of September. See you there. Lucy, you haven't told us what you've got yet. What oh, you got? God. What you got? What you got? got? Come on, so top I, trumps. I, I took I, I, I took an inventory earlier um, because I Marie Kondoed my entire flat, which meant carefully organising all the bits of dead animal I have. But all your it's dead animals to... make you happy, don't they? They, they bring do, you joy. Exactly. I got rid of any bits that didn't bring me joy, bits that smelled a bit funny, um, because there are those bones. Sometimes you can't salvage them, no matter how much bleach you put on them. Um, but I have... Around about 30 mammals, which are including things like foxes. Listeners, what you couldn't see there was that uh, after the apocalypse, people will be sellotaping three fox heads to a baseball bat, <laughs> and that will be the most feared weapon in the wastelands. Gums and their hard power have come out. Foxes, obviously, teeth come out quite a lot. You have to stick them back in. And foxes' teeth are really decently long and sharp, so that would be a good weapon in the apocalypse. Um, I've got a hedgehog. I've got a chinchilla that was given to me as a present. Um, and I've got Amara that I think died just outside of Whipsnade Zoo. So the little uh, like capybara crossed with a hair. Um, and I've got a koala that was given to me as a present as well. But only the wow. cranium, not the mandible. And so it looks super weird. Uh, what I want to ask you both is, right, so you've got a house oh, full of skulls. Hang about. I wanted to let you know as well. I've got 31 birds. One reptile currently in my flat. I've got two more at work and a frog. That are both my, right. They're all mine. Two chameleons and a frog. Um, I've got about 15 moths, although that doesn't count in schools. And I've no got one spider. Moth. No moth. No, no skull doesn't count. Oh, it doesn't count. Okay, fine. Like, I've got a house oh, full of spiders. And I've got, I've got like handfuls of random animal bits. <laughs> yeah. What, what a do bowl you... with random random bones right so why do you both have a bowl of random bits is this just for use in spell casting or putting up hair yeah (laughs) you know how people have potpourri or like a bowl of pebbles and it's weird and nobody talks about how weird that is what fragrance do you spray them with then if you're using them as potpourri (laughs) please 
Bleach now. It cleans the air. <laughs> so are your bowls of bits just on display? That sounds awful, Steve. No, no. That's what I was going for. Yeah. Now, so that brings me... Whole shelf, like specifically for my skulls. <laughs> Amazing. So how do people react? If someone's round at yours for the first time, Becky, um, they've come round for pasta and they walk in and there's just this row of... Uh, how do they react? Luckily, the only people that come to my house are sort of similar to me and right. they think it's pretty cool. Um, the first time my landlord came round to visit, I had to hide a lot of them uh, just because I wasn't sure how he would react to it. Um, okay. But his wife, I'd left a sheep skull on the table outside and I heard his wife saying, oh, this is really cool. What animal is this from? So I thought, right, OK, I can get them out for the next time they come. Um, Amazing. Plus, if you've yeah. got a no pets clause, it really only applies to live pets. <laughs> yeah, I think our landlady was probably a little concerned. She, she mentioned that we'd put our own spin on the place, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Um, but yeah, the fact that the, the flat is generally filled with random nonsense anyway. Um, Tim's got all of his, his gaming and guitar stuff on one side. And so I feel very, very free to fill up the rest with skulls. And um, it, they're all very, very beautifully placed next to books, um, like Edgar Allan Poe, <laughs> because obviously. Um, but yeah, the fact that I've got two swords and a, and a Maasai dagger also on display in the flat, and that's the only type of, I've not got any photos or paintings or yeah. ornaments, that's have it. You, have you not considered just painting the words, I am a goth, by the way, on the wall? It's a I quicker, easier that. way of doing... I thought about that, but then I've decided instead when I next move flat, I'm going to get one of them creepy knockers, um, you know, like a, as in not a person who comes around, like a, a, a knocking for the door, because then people are just primed as they enter the flat to encounter nonsense. Um, and so, Becky, do you have uh, this is a question for both of you, but I'm going to Becky first. Becky, do you have a favorite? You know, if somebody came around and they were a skull collector. And you were like, have a look at this. What would you show them? And that, so that's your biggest, that's your like coolest one. But also if there were like, if there was a fire and you only had time to grab one, oh, which one would you grab? Oh, that's really one? difficult. Um, probably I've got a fallow deer. Nice. With deformed antlers. Well, the antlers didn't grow. Um, so he looks a bit like a giraffe. Ooh. And nice. I would probably probably take him in a fire only because i don't think i would ever find anything like that again does he have and a name no i haven't named any of them actually oh. maybe i should start lucy names her plants so i'm assuming some of the skulls have names <laughs> i mean i named my plants until it got far too overwhelming so i've got like 40 plants now in a tiny tiny camden flat quickly on the fallow deer skull so is it like coins and if they're not done properly or like stamps not printed right they're kind of much more desirable to a collector mm, yeah i put i'm in a skull collecting group on facebook and i posted a picture of it because i wasn't sure if it was a deer whose antlers hadn't grown yet or if it had died you know just after they'd shed um and the 99% of the people said that's a giraffe you need to report it to the police you've got a giraffe 
Um, and I said, you know, no, it was in a field in Oxfordshire. It, 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 <laughs> and they were, they were saying, no, you have to report this. Somebody has jumped a giraffe. It definitely isn't. Where's the rest of the giraffe that would have been in the field? Exactly. Um, actually, I've got it. I've got it. I'll show you. And is it like less than a foot long? I mean, it is. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, although I can see... Than- I can see, having sat next to a giraffe school for a long time, I can see where they're coming from, but yeah. context matters. <laughs> yeah, they Was were. there the rest of a giraffe in the field? No, it's not a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> but in the next field, there was the rest of a giraffe. And yeah. lying right next to the fence, and the head was six foot from the fence as if it had fallen forward, decapitating itself and launching the... Anyway, right. Um, that's amazing. And uh, so you mentioned your Facebooky forum thing. Is there like a, a trader's thing in this? Do people say, oh, have you got six badges? Will you send me one? I'll send you a giraffe. Don't Not a giraffe. That'll be illegal. I'll send you a the other type of British animal. Squirrel. I think they do. Um, I I wouldn't sort of get involved in that just because I, I think it's more special when you find them yourself. Mm. And... I would I would never buy anything um yeah. from anybody. But, you don't have to yeah, you live I'm, in the countryside. I'm sure there's a big market for sort of buying them. Oh, so the 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 sport I'm mean, gonna use the Victorian term, the sport fallow deer, is that your like heirloom that will be passed on <laughs> through generations? Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't it. think any of my family would want it. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to figure out if I can give my own skull to my family after I die. I think it's still illegal in the UK. All right, um, Jeremy Bentham. Chill. I know. <laughs> no, not. I don't want the skin. You look dreadful these days. Mm. Um, just the skull. I feel like that'd be nice. Paperweight. <laughs> yeah, there's no uh, there's no legal property in a human body, so you can't. I know. Um, guess who once had to negotiate with Gunther von Hagens to buy slices of a person? Oh, yeah, I know all the law about this yeah. stuff. Gunther von Hagen is the, the plastination guy, so we've got lots of specimens thanks to him at the Royal Veterinary College because it makes them really ut- usable for many, many years. Um, but, yeah, he seems like an unusual man, so I can imagine that was fun. Can I buy a slice of human? What's your favourite one? Um, so I also You're running have... out your flat in a fire. What have you grabbed? I, I also have a um, deformed crow that I quite like. Its beak goes off to one side. It's very, very nice. Um, I love a crow, obviously. Mm. Uh, so I think that would probably be one of them. But if I could have one in one hand and one in the other, then I'd do the first cat that I fully prepared um, because it was just a cool one. That was when I was doing my master's and looking at wildcats, Scottish wildcats, and I had to measure their skulls, and I wanted to get used to handling the skull and knowing where all the bits were before I went and got my data set. So, so I you said, killed a cat. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, no, I went to the head of anatomy at the RVC and was like, do you have a cat skull that I can just look at for a little bit, practice measuring stuff on? So I was taking like 37 measurements per cat head. And um, he was like, no, I've got I've got some dead cat heads, though. Do you want to skin some? And a few foxes. Um, and I was like, yes, sounds good. How is that an answer to the question? Can um, I borrow a cat's skull? No, here's four dead cat's heads. So then I have one of those cat heads. It's in a little, it's in a bell jar on the top of my bookcase, actually, because it's quite a prized one. Because I also, nobody needs to hear this, but I also managed to fully skin it intact, including its tongue. Um, so when... It was just the cat flat. 
afterwards and then the school it was excellent very much enjoyed that becky i can see why you just take them when they're just bones <laughs> yeah no really. it is it is gross i've got to be honest with you because if you um you can skin as much as you want off but you've got to remove the eyes which is disgusting no matter how you look at it it's gross you've got to remove the brain not fun and then anything that's left on you have to um cold or warm macerate off so leave to rot in boiling water well not boiling warm water and so it proper stinks and so people who do that with big big animals like people who do cow schools and stuff in their flat don't understand them it smells disgusting (laughs) i get the a lot of people bury them instead because then you can just leave them and they'll like nature will rot everything off and you don't have to deal with it and they can just wash them so that's often a way that people get around it you need a garden, presumably. Uh-huh. It's no good for you again, Becky. It's got such an advantage here. Literally. <laughs> Countryside, garden, walks, dead giraffes randomly appearing in the fields yeah. around. Can I ask you both a little bit about the kind of ethical implications of uh, keeping skulls? And the only reason I ask this is I once bought somebody some taxidermy. And I told one of my friends, and my friend said, but Steve, aren't you a vegetarian? So I replied with the obvious, I'm not going to eat it. Are you veggies? Are you vegans? Are you what? Yeah, I'm I'm vegan. Vegan, right. Um, and I get that question a lot. Like, how can you pick up these skulls and take them home if you're a vegan? So I, I, I'd love to hear what you're... Because I don't... I'm only a vegetarian, you know. I'm the, the kind of the slightly weak-willed version i don't i don't have your strength of character um and for me everything's vegetarian uh, as long as you don't read the list of ingredients on the back of it and um, that's why i eat haribo but um as a vegan um so what is your answer well i just i just think obviously i would never kill anything ever um to sort of get the skull or just anyway um I just, I mean, I love animals. I find Mm. skulls really interesting. I think you can learn a lot about the animals from the skull. And I just think if I didn't pick it up, it's just going to be left there to be sort of pecked at by birds and just sort of Mm. stay there on the ground forever. So I just, I don't see how it's any different if I pick it up and clean Mm. it and make it look nice and put it on a nice, a nice shelf because I love that animal. But I, I think, do, yeah, a lot of people do think it's strange to do that as a as a vegan. I think it makes perfect sense, though, especially because you only pick them up as bones. Mm. If you, it's not like you're removing meat from the ecosystem or anything like that. If you know, once everything else has come along and eaten everything it wants to, you're just taking away the rubbish. Yeah, that's an, one of the reasons that I wouldn't pick anything up if it still had sort of flesh on it, because mm. it is. Obviously, it's really sad that that animal has died, but then that could feed another animal, which yeah. might not have survived otherwise if it didn't have that roadkill or, you mm. know, animal there to, to eat. Mm. Yeah, that, and that's why if it's something that's roadkill or wild found, in, um, obviously the cats weren't wild found, uh, that I'll try and remove as much of the meat as possible, but also just because it makes it so much easier for you on the other side. Um, and yeah, it should be being utilised in the ecosystem. If there are too many goths raiding the countryside, then something's going to not not get enough uh, meat to, to survive. But yeah, I think there's a lot of, a lot of people have different ideas when it comes to um, ethics of owning animal pieces. 
And the same way that I know a decent number of vegans who will wear, not necessarily buy, but if it's given to them as like from their grandmother or something, will wear leather or fur because it's sustainable, it's already dead, and otherwise this would be being utilised and maybe somebody fast fast fashion-wise would just chuck it, whereas they can like darn it and keep it nice. I think that it's fair to utilise things that have already died, particularly if you are, um, and for many of my, my specimens, they're teaching aids. Schools are really, really good to teach particularly younger kids with because there's something really recognisable and they can really pick apart like what it is because they know about teeth and they know about like the position of the eyes so they can start to figure out what species it is. So I think if you're using them for something like that as well or just for enjoyment, it's it's a different thing, I think. Hmm. Also, I have fossils. I've picked up fossils. That's a couple of hundred million years <laughs> between them. <laughs> It's just a dead fox plus time, isn't yeah, it, Fossil? Exactly. Um, so final question for both of you. If listeners are, are listening to this and thinking, do you know what, actually, um, this sounds kind of fun. While I've got no money due to the collapse of the economy and I'm going for lots more walks because of lockdown, what, um, what should, how could listeners start on this? If somebody wanted to have, you know, start with their very first skull, what should they do? That's difficult. Um just sort of look everywhere that you can really I've found some of my best skulls at badger sets because obviously in the spring when they're getting ready to have their cubs they excavate their tunnels Mm. and they bring out a lot of earth from the tunnels and I found things that they've dug up for me to come and get um so it's mostly badgers and foxes um but yeah they dig up a lot I found a lot at badger sets Badgers are hard as shit, so presumably there's quite a lot of dead things that have oh, been yeah. fucking with them around. In the Thunderdome. Well. If you go to farms where they've got um, pheasant pens and things like that, they've got a lot of snares and traps and things around there, which you might find dead animals. Yeesh. But that's, yeah, <laughs> the sort of murky murky side of it. If they just want to go for a nice countryside walk, um, just sort of look in the hedgerows, I would say, and just see what they can see. <laughs> There's so many that I've seen, particularly abroad, where I'm like, oh, that is the coolest skull ever, but you, you can't take it because it's illegal. Um, and because in many of the, so out in the Masai Mara, I'd be there being like, there'd be like a cheater in the background. I'd be like, look at that giraffe humerus. That is excellent. Really enjoying that. And um, you can't take even a tiny, tiny little tooth or anything that you find because it's considered a trophy. Um, and so there's a lot of laws around that, which there should be. But um it does mean that the amount of times i've seen like an entire elephant skeleton i'm like oh my god it's just so and it's just there there's no no meat left on it um but i would say yeah getting involved in um instagram facebook groups there are like meetups where you can go looking similar to like mudlarking there are thames mudlarkers you can go on skull finds or whatever and um, but also being interested in the natural world in general you that's how you tend to find stuff i've always been interested in looking at like mushrooms or lichen and if you mess around in a pile of of sticks looking at mushrooms and lichen long enough you'll probably find a dead thing as well (laughs) they're just there um so yeah i'd say that also you start to develop a bit of like a you're like this is a good place for a skull um and i once terrified my sister by hiking somewhere in the yorkshire dales and we stood having a drink of water and i went can you hear that 
and I could hear some. I 100% could hear something. I went, could you hear that? And I was like, something's over that dry stone wall. Looked over, and both of us looked over to see an entire dead sheep just lay out. Nothing else there at all. And she was like, oh, God, now you can hear them. They called to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? That's petrifying. Um, and so in terms of the law on this kind of stuff, uh, is it as simple as if you find it dead and stripped in the British countryside, it's probably okay? And there are some that you can't have because um, of laws, particularly around like birds of prey. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of laws around birds of prey because obviously people shoot birds of prey um, or in other ways get rid of them uh, uh, for various reasons. And so there's a lot of persecution of different birds of prey, particularly like hen harriers and that kind of thing. So I don't think you're allowed to have those without a particular license. And I also think that you have to have a license to have... Um, porpoise or dolphin related things uh, and then anything that could carry disease but then it's to do with like if it does have any meat left on it so i think badgers is one where if it's got something left on it you've got to be really careful because of tb but yeah. to be honest you've got you've got to be as careful if you're looking at cows or various other things or llamas if you're looking at the news at the minute mm. um so yeah i think it's mostly to do with public safety mm. and preventing animal persecution uh, if you've got an absolute ton of birds of prey and you're like, oh, yeah, I just found them. <laughs> yeah. And if it's, if it's not a wild British species, presumably stay away from it because it may well have been uh, brought into the country illegally. There are, I mean, I've got a Mara. They're not supposed to be in the UK, um, but it escaped from London Zoo. Loads and loads of um, uh, wallabies have escaped from, not London Zoo, sorry, Whipsnade Zoo. Um, loads of wallabies escape from there. Muntjac, they're not supposed to be here, but you can get plenty of them. They've got lovely skulls. I really want a Chinese water deer. If anyone's not seen what a Chinese water deer looks like, Google it because they're vampire deer. They've got fangs. Oh, dearie me. Yeah. Exactly. That, sounds, <laughs> that sounds petrifying. That's, um, that's absolutely amazing. Now, uh, it's a tradition at the end of each of these podcasts. I ask everybody if they've got anything they'd like to advertise. I, I mentioned earlier. Um, that badgers were my favourites and I'm a member of Oxfordshire Badger Group Yes, and we're currently doing vaccinations across Oxfordshire Um, so we're fundraising at the minute for the vaccination project to vaccinate badgers against TB. Fantastic yeah vaccinating badgers so that Tories can't justify shooting them. (laughs) Um, Lucy uh, what would you like to advertise? Um, So myself obviously so I am a science presenter community i can talk about animals if you give me an animal i could probably do an unscripted 20 on it like dependent on the animal but most likely i could uh so as necessary i do talks for schools um less horrifying than this one and various comedy things uh but also we are still fundraising it's still open so if anybody is interested fundraising for calm at the minute the campaign against living miserably people would like to donate to that it's in memory of a friend's brother and also just is fantastic uh opportunity to give a great charity some money Great. You're both terrible at saying what the web addresses are that people need to go to for these it's things. It's on my Twitter. Just at Google punk biologist for me and you'll be right. able to find everything. Okay, Becky. And if you look on Facebook for Oxfordshire Badger Group, uh, the fundraisers are usually pinned, pinned at the top. That's absolutely amazing. Brilliant. Right. It's been absolutely lovely to talk to both of you. Uh, good luck with um, just next time your parents come around and see the state <laughs> of your places. Would you like to say goodbye to our lovely listeners? 
Bye, guys. Bye. The Pod and Prometheus was uh, written and produced and directed and cut together and sound produced and growled on by me, Steve Crofts. Do come and find more of my stuff at www.facebook.com slash Steve Cross Comedy. See you next time. <laughs>